do that, why don't we open up our Bibles or our Bible apps and turn to the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, and we'll be camped out at chapter 22. The book of Genesis, chapter 22, I'll be reading uh, verses 1 to 14. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. I'll be reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Please follow along. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they, uh, and so they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And then he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And so they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is, to the, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. All right, we didn't do this because I wasn't here, but turn to person next to you and say, welcome to church. A little bit louder, welcome to church. I need a bit of energy from you guys. And turn to someone else and say, it's good to see you. All right, all right. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Peter, and I've been uh, given the joy and privilege of opening up God's Word with you guys today. Uh, today I was told that I can talk about anything, so uh, I thought I might talk about one of my favorite stories in the Bible, which is the story of Abraham and Isaac. The title for today's sermon is Faithfulness When Faith is Tested. There are no slides, so if you're looking for 
there are no slides today. But the title is Faithfulness When Faith is Tested. Why don't I pray for us, and we'll dive right into this text. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day, uh, this opportunity that you've given to us, again, together as a community, to sing your praises, read your word, and fellowship as a community. Uh, Father, we pray that you would speak to us today, uh, that you would remind the believers in the room who it is they believe and why it is they follow. And I pray for the non-believers uh, that you might open up their hearts to hear the message of grace and love uh, offered in Jesus Christ. God, this is our worship to you, so won't you be glorified uh, in and through this time. Speak through me and speak to us all today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Uh, let me start with a, a question this morning. Uh, when was the last time you felt like your faith was being tested? Uh, when was the last time you felt like your faith was being tested? Whether because your career wasn't going according to plan or maybe your life wasn't going according to plan. Maybe there was an illness around you or perhaps even a death. When was the last time you felt like, man, it's really hard to continue to place my faith in God right now? Perhaps, maybe, you're in that place today as you walk into this room. And if you're not, and if you haven't ever felt this way, uh, as we live out our lives in this broken and sinful world, for whatever reason, I'm sure there will come a time that we will experience struggle and tragedy in our lives. The Bible does not hide this from us. We're constantly warned of the struggles that we will experience in this world, particularly as Christians. And whilst I cannot give you a good reason for why this is, My hope today is to show you that even in such times, God can be trusted and God is faithful. Because hopefully what we'll see through our passage today is that if we choose faithfulness when our faith is tested, then we experience an opportunity to see the faithfulness of God in our lives. I'll say that again. That's my tagline for today. If we choose faithfulness when our faith is tested, then we experience an opportunity to see the faithfulness of God in our lives. And I hope this message might grant those of us who are struggling today strength, uh, but also uh, it might be a message that gives us strength for tomorrow when we do struggle one day. I think one of the most inspiring stories in the Bible that shows us a man who chose faithfulness when his faith was tested is this story, the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I want to highlight three things from this passage today. Uh, I'll tell you what they are. Abraham's test, Abraham's trust, and Abraham's testimony. I'll be highlighting those three things in our story today. So let's begin. First one, Abraham's test. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. And it'd be helpful if you have your Bibles open, because I'm going to kind of go back and forth in Genesis. And so if you do have a Bible, just keep it open. Verse 1 and 2. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So our passage today begins with, after these things. So what does that mean? It means we should probably look at what happened before these things. Uh, So what's happened? We're going to go back. Uh, If you look at Genesis chapter 17, verse 4, God appears to Abraham, and he makes this great promise to him. He says in verse 4, Behold, my covenant, or my promise, is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. In other words, Abraham, you're going to have a big family. I'm going to give you a big family. That's what he's saying. And then he says in verse 15, chapter 17, verse 15, As for your wife, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. So God says, I'm going to give you a big family through Sarah, and your family is going to do great things. 
there are going to be kings that come from your family. That's the promise. Now, what we have to know here is that at this point, Abraham is 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 years old. Sarah was, in fact, barren, so they haven't been able to have a kid all these years. And yet, this is what God promises. Now, how would you respond to a promise like this if God made it to you today? A promise which seems impossible in the eyes of man. A promise that touches the most sensitive part of our lives. We'll look at Abraham's response. And I think this is a real human response. Verse 16 of Genesis chapter 17. It says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? I mean, this makes sense, right? What, what a ridiculous promise, God. We're so old. I don't think we can have a kid. So he laughs. And yet God says, verse 18, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. And so God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a child, and I want you to name him Isaac. Isaac means he laughs. What God is saying, he's saying, I want you to name him Isaac because I want you to remember every time you look at this boy, you laughed, yet I proved faithful. And so, if you go to Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. I'll read that again because I love this line. And the Lord visited Sarah and he and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born Isaac. He laughs. What a name, right? We have an Isaac in the room. <laughs> so God proved faithful. He did as he had said, and he did as he had promised. And this is really important. And now Abraham has this precious child in his arms, this miracle. The son that he thought he could never, ever have was laying in his arms. Imagine how mind-blowing this is for Abraham right now. How precious this child is for Abraham. Not only was this child born uh, as a result out of an impossible promise, he was the key to the future promises that God has made to Abraham. Isaac was everything to Abraham. And that is what makes this test so excruciatingly painful. Because, verse 1, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Abraham just got the son, and then God tells him to take him and sacrifice him. In other words, kill him. Back in these times, they would sacrifice animals as burnt offerings, as acts of worship. So God is telling Abraham to do the same with his son. Worship me by, by killing your son. Imagine what it feels like to be told that. Like, what would even go through your mind, right? Like, what? Why? Why would you ask that, God? I would be so confused. Now, the passage does tell us, as the readers, that God is testing Abraham. But what we have to realize is that Abraham doesn't know that. 
As far as Abraham is concerned, this is as real as it gets. God is, God is telling him to kill his own son right now for the sake of his glory. And I want to point out that God gives no good explanation. He gives no good reason. With human wisdom, this makes no sense. God doesn't even give clear and detailed instructions. He just says, I'll tell you later. Just go to that place. I'll tell you later. What a crazy thing to hear, right? That was Abraham's test. Now, I think there are a few things that we can kind of draw from this test of Abraham. The first thing is that God does test our faith. He does test our faith. He is a God that tests the faith of his people. So don't be surprised if your faith feels tested. But you see, this is not with a cruel or sadistic heart, but it is because he yearns for us to encounter, experience, and enjoy his faithfulness to us when we choose faithfulness to him. We saw this was the case for Moses when he was told to go and threaten Pharaoh, which is suicide, really. And when he does, God shows his faithfulness to Moses by splitting open the Red Sea and protecting them. This was the case for Joshua when God told him to march around the walls of his enemies seven times. And then the walls should come down. And when he does, God shows his faithfulness to him by bringing the walls down. And this was the case for Gideon when he was told to run into battle with 300 men against hundreds and thousands of enemy soldiers. And when he does, God gives him the unlikely victory. We see time and time again in the Bible, and again in today's story, God gives tests to his people. But only because if we choose faithfulness when our faith is tested, then we will experience the opportunity to see God's faithfulness in our lives. Perhaps we trust in ourselves too much. This is a human trait, if you will see it all throughout the Old Testament. We trust in ourselves too much. Or perhaps we don't trust in God enough. Whatever it is, God keeps us, his people, pruned and sharp by testing us through our circumstances, through challenges, through commands that often don't make sense. So again, don't be surprised if, you, if your faith feels tested. It is normal, and in the weirdest way, it can even be helpful for us. The second and kind of terrifying thing I think we find through Abraham's test is that the test that God gives us is never easy. I think the author wrote uh, this passage today uh, strategically to show us how hard this was for Abraham. If you read verse 2, he says, Take your son, but not just your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Like with every description, it's like it just gets harder and harder. And then God says, Offer him and kill him. You see, it, would, it wouldn't be a test if it didn't cost us anything. It wouldn't be a test if it was easy. Anyone can stand up and say, I love God, I love Jesus, when, you know, all is good. But the truly faithful can do that uh, when they're about to lose their jobs, uh, when someone around you is sick, when life just isn't going according to plan. And so the tests that God gives us uh, are never easy. Sometimes it makes no sense, as we see in today's text. Sometimes God gives us no real direction, no real explanation. I mean, what makes less sense to kill your son? But he does test us. Friends, if you are going through tragedy and struggle in your life right now, and it doesn't make sense, uh, first of all, there is nothing wrong or weird about that. But more importantly, it's okay for you to feel like this sucks. Because it probably does suck. 
But I hope you find some sort of comfort to hear today that there is purpose in your struggles. But not only that, there is a faithful God standing beside you through it all. And we'll see that in today's story in a second. I hope you find the strength and the faith to see, to see that perhaps this is a test put before me to bring me closer to him because that is what God often does. And I hope this story of Abraham as it unfolds uh, might help you to see and believe that God, he is faithful, he is worthy to be trusted, and that it might give you the strength to endure through your tough seasons today and for tomorrow. Let's look at the second thing, Abraham's trust. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with, his, with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Now, what would your response be if God told you what, Ab- what he told Abraham, to go kill your son? Again, for me, I would be like, why? Uh, why him? Why not that guy? Why there? Why? I think I would ask a lot of questions. Why? Because I probably don't want to obey that command. I don't want to accept that command. It makes no sense to me. But Abraham does not respond like that. He responds in simple obedience. It's, it's almost clinical. He says, go kill your son. So Abraham goes to sleep, wakes up in the morning, saddles his, saddles his donkey, takes two men, takes his son, cuts the wood, and goes on his way. It's like action, 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 action. Amazing image of obedience to God in light of a test. But you see, the most incredible thing about this obedience is that it's not just that Abraham obeyed, but it's that he continued to obey. It wasn't like a spur-of-the-moment thing. It was well thought through, and it was continued obedience. And we see that in verse 4. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. What this tells us is that Abraham has been traveling for three days which means he's had three days to think about this. He's had three days to question God, three days to turn back, three days to complain, three days to disobey, and yet he continues on for three days. And the question is how? Well, the answer is found in the next verse, verse 5. I think the message is a little bit clearer in the NIV version, so I'm going to read the NIV version for this verse. Sorry, Daniel. He doesn't like NIV. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. The key word here is we. We will come back to you, he says. Do you get it? Even though Abraham knows God just told him to go sacrifice his son, to kill his son, which means after they go up, technically, Abraham should come back alone. Abraham says, we will come back to you. And you see, this is not wishful thinking. Uh, This is an expression of Abraham's trust and faith in God. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, we see this explained. Hebrews 11, verse 17 to 19, I'll read it for us. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. You see, Abraham was able to obey and trust, obey in these situations because he trusted in the promises of God. Do you remember what happened before Isaac was born? 
What does God tell Abraham in, in Genesis 8, 17? He says, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and I will establish my covenant with him and an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. He said, God said, you're going to have a son. You laughed, but you're going to have a son. You're going to name him Isaac, and you, I will make an everlasting covenant with him and through to your descendants. And remember, remember God did as he had said, and he did as he had promised when he gave Abraham Isaac. And so now, when faced with this test, Abraham is doing nothing but holding on to the promises of God. Abraham knew that even if it meant that God had to bring Isaac back from the dead, that God would keep his promises to him. And so he says, we will come back. Friends, how are, we to, how are we to continue to obey God and worship God and love God when our faith feels tested? Well, the strength is not found in ourselves, as cliche as that sounds. It is found in the promises of God, the faithfulness of God, the power of God, the love of God. How was Abraham able to choose faithfulness when his faith was being tested? It was because he trusted first in the promises God made to him. Even though the circumstances around didn't look very reliable, he looked to God, who is reliable, and he trusted in him. God, who has proved trustworthy again and again in his life. Abraham didn't trust what he could see or feel, which is often what people, humans, love to place our trust in. He trusted what he knew was promised. He trusted in God's faithfulness, and so he continued in obedience day by day. Even when his son asks, Dad, where, where's the animal that we're going to kill? Abraham doesn't crumble, have a, have a meltdown, curse God. He says, verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb. I don't know how, but he promised, so I know he will. That's what he's saying. That's the heart of Abraham right now. What an incredible faith, right? And I can't help but wonder, how can someone be like this or do this? But at the same time, I can imagine Abraham kind of like in tears, desperately holding on to the promises of God as he builds the altar, as he ties his son up, as he picks up his knife, ready to strike. I can picture him desperately hoping that everything's going to be okay. And brothers and sisters, sometimes that's all we can really do, right? Hold on to the promises of God for dear life and just hope that everything's going to be okay. To try and make sense of the most senseless situations by looking to God who has promised that He is good, He has promised that He loves me, He has promised that He works for the good of those that love Him, that He never gives more than we can handle, that He will prove faithful in the end, whether in this life or, the, or in eternity for sure. And that's all we can really do, right? Just hope. Friends, I, I hope we don't get the wrong idea. This was not easy for Abraham. He did not do all this knowing everything was going to be okay. I'm sure he was hurting. I'm sure he was doubting. But what's important is that he never stopped hoping in God. 
Never stopped trusting in God. He chose faithfulness when his faith was tested. He didn't give up. He didn't turn away. With hope in his heart about the promises God has made to him, he kept the course day by day. And I sincerely hope, and this is kind of why I wanted to talk about this text today, I sincerely hope that we might become a community of believers that are able to do the same. That when push comes to shove, when our faith is tested, for whatever reason, rather than to crumble under the pressure, that we might be a church that is able to look to God, look at all that He's done for us and promised to us, and in that find the faith to trust in Him despite the tests that stands in front of us. And if we do trust in God as Abraham did, we see in today's story that God definitely proves faithful. Definitely proves faithful. Now look at Abraham's testimony. Our last point for today. So there he is, Abraham with one hand on his son and the other with a knife ready to strike. And just as he's about to strike, God intervenes. Verse 11 to 14. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was in a thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. I began today's message by saying that if we choose faithfulness when our faith is tested, uh, we will experience an opportunity to see the faithfulness of God in our lives. And that is because that is the testimony of Abraham that we see in today's text. Abraham trusted in God in the midst of tests, and God proved faithful once again in his life. And friends, even though this may not be the specific outcome for us in our lives, I don't think the point of this text is to say God's going to stop all bad things from happening in your life. No, I don't think that's necessarily true. Sometimes we may lose that job. Sometimes that sickness may not heal. Things may not go away. Things may not change. I do hope that you can see through Abraham's life and God's faithfulness that God does not and has not abandoned you or forgotten about you. God has made promises to you and I all throughout the Bible, and He will keep them. He is a promise-keeping God. He is a faithful Father. And things will get better, whether by our perspective shifting or whether by our circumstances changing. God who loves us, who is committed to us, He, he will look after us. And we know this to be true because whilst in today's story, God sends Abraham a lamb, uh, He sent for you and I uh, His son to take our place, to die for our sins, uh, that we may live for in all eternity in his kingdom, in perfect peace and in perfect joy. Will not such a God look after us? I believe he can, and I believe he will. Uh, brothers and sisters, it is true that our faith will be tested many times in our lives, whether by unfortunate circumstances or by direct commands that we feel like God is calling us to obey. Perhaps someone you love may get sick, or perhaps for the sake of faith, you feel like God calls you to quit your job or leave a relationship. Two completely different stories, both tough nonetheless. But I think if there's anything we can take away from today's story is that not everything will make sense, especially in our seasons of struggle. But God is faithful. 
and he will prove faithful in our lives. And I hope and pray that when our faith is tested, uh, rather than to run away from God or curse him, uh, perhaps even with tears or fears, tears on our eyes or fears in our hearts, uh, that we might choose faithfulness to him day by day. That we might continue to obey, continue to trust, continue to hope. Because we know that God who killed his son for us because he loved us, uh, he is the same God who is with us today. I pray that you might be reminded of this story, this testimony of Abraham today, especially when you're having a tough time, and see that when we keep our eyes on God, God will provide for us. And so we will come out of difficult seasons with our own testimonies of God's great faithfulness as well. Amen? Amen. Why don't we uh, pray together? Before we sing a song, I want to invite you to pray a prayer for yourself. If you find yourself in a season that's a little bit, I don't know, you know you could be doing better with God. Uh, Maybe you yourself feel like your faith is being tested right now. Um, Pray for your own heart. Um, Ask God to help you see... Maybe not understand what's happening in your life right now, uh, but to see that God has not left you and has not abandoned you. Uh, And why don't you ask Him for uh, His Spirit to help you place your trust in Him today. Your trust in the promises that He's made to you today. There are so many promises in the Bible. I wish I could sit here and list them all. But one of my favorite is, uh, He doesn't give you more than you can handle. I think that's one of the things that we all kind of memorize, right? Uh, There are so many promises like that. Why don't we uh, ask God for strength to trust in Him today? If you know of a brother or sister who is struggling in this room, uh, again, for whatever reason, uh, why don't you pray for them as well? That they might uh, have the trust that Abraham, the kind of trust that Abraham had. And let's pray that uh, we might come out of these seasons with our own testimonies, uh, giving praise and glory to our Father as well. Uh, God, won't you help us, especially my brothers and sisters here who are struggling, Give them strength. Help them to trust in you. Why don't we make that our prayer? And then we'll sing a song. Let's pray.